you have any patient stories of, you know, improvement or anything um, that you remember that really kind of like strikes you? One of my patients that I had, um, he had a neuromuscular issue. I remember him as my perfect example that I use him for everybody. Um, uh -huh. So this gentleman was actually in the military. He was a young gentleman. He was a young guy, uh, around his 40 years old. He was doing push-ups, lifting weights, just the way all these mili you know, military people are perfect shaped and buff and everything. He said, one day I wasn't able to do my all my push-ups and I wasn't able to keep my uh, activities as I did before. So he went to the doctor and then they, they diagnosed him. He came for his infusion. The first day I saw him, he came with his mother. He wasn't able to turn a doorknob. Oh, and that week. So he went from being super fit to not able to turn. Not a able to turn a doorknob. Wasn't able uh -huh. to drive. He has um, two kids. He couldn't, um, you know, do all the activities with them. Besides his muscle weakness, mostly it was in his uh, extremities. We started um, off. We gave him the loading dose, which is how much how much medication we're throwing inside of you to kind of get your body working. And it could last from four days to five days. Um, it's a long, I know it's a long stretch of time from people's lives, but once the loading dose is done, then you go into the maintenance dose, which is every three weeks or four weeks. Um, anyhow, this patient did his loading dose. And then after that, I believe it was about three to four treatments later and treatments, I mean, maintenance dose later, he was able to drive. He was able to turn a doorknob. He was able to go and start performing his routine exercises. When I used to see him at the center, he used to arrive before I did, and he was running in the lobby just to get his blood, <laughs> his heart rate up. <laughs> but when you go from being really like an athlete to not being able to turn a doorknob, people have to think about that loss of function. And being able to the simple act of turning a doorknob again is pro it's huge progress. And then, as you said, when now that you would go, now he was running around. And but yeah. I even want to talk about like those little things of the loss of loss of things that we all take for granted, getting it back, and then of course going up from there. It's it's really impactful for patients themselves. Um, being you know having someone to someone doing things for us kind of take our independence away. You know we we don't realize that basic needs, the basic necessities that we all have and uh, grateful for. And when those start to disappear, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, and a lot of people, they have um, depression because of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, which leads to many other issues, you know, and it's not because they want to be, it's because they're in a situation where their body kind of made them be. And uh, we have to be there not only for their IVIG treatment. When we're there as nurses, we're there, we're listening to their stories. We're there for their emotional support. We're there to just hear them out. You know, I know there are some, a lot of people have families, some don't, you know, and they just want someone to just kind of just went to and just say, hey, this is what's going on. This is how I was. This is what I used to do. And, and we're there, use therapeutic communication listen to them, be their friend, do whatever we can to, you know, uh, make the infusion time go by really smooth. 
Uh, and you know, all the patients, they kind of end up being your like your friend. You you know, you get you know them more than you know about your own relatives. <laughs> and you know, uh, they invite us to their homes. They feel so comfortable once we get to you know doing this infusion and. Uh, at times they look forward for the nurses to come so they could have someone to chat with. So yeah, uh, I would say uh, mental health in regards to depression, anxiety and stuff is a part of play in this disease progress. And that needs to be considered as well when we're doing infusions. Yeah. Do you have any other, any other patient stories of, you know, improvement or? Well, I have a story with uh, one gentleman who his disease process also is muscular neurological related. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> however, he wanted instant, you know, treatment. He went, he wanted the pain gone. He wanted to do his thing. And I, I suggested to this patient say, Hey, you know, give it, give it a moment, you know, give it a chance, you know, um, at least it's not making you worse. It's keeping you at the baseline where you were about a year ago. A patient declined. He said, no, I don't want to. I'm going to go ahead and stop the infusion. I don't think it's helping me. Three months later, he was worse than what he was uh, when he resumed the infusion. Oh. Well, yeah. So, um, like I said, it, it's not a miracle drug, but it is something that's going to help. It's going to help slow down the disease process. You just have to, you know, continue on with it and just kind of follow what your medical doctor's advice is. I know sometimes we read stuff on Google and get our doctor's degree from Google. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Those are not always, it's not, it's not one size doesn't fit all kind of thing. It's a slow treatment. It's a slow, but it is going to, it's going to help. It's going to be beneficial. And um, what, and then this patient started up again. Now, he was doing well, but again, he said he decided that, oh, it's not working for him still, and he quit again. Oh. Right now, I did, I do reach out to him here and there, you know, kind of make sure he's okay, because we developed this bond, friendship with our patient. Right. And um, seems like he's actually getting worse. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. but that's that's your personal decision, you know, what how you want to take care of yourself. Um, I always advise my patient that hey, you know, there there's advertisement on TVs for this drug that you know this drug will do this, and but it comes along with a whole bunch of side effects. It's, they're gonna disclose everything, even if it's like something minor. But you gotta realize if this is something that's gonna help you give it a chance. Don't let it scare you, you know. And one patient might get back to their previous level of functioning. One patient might just maintain. One patient might get some things back. And so you can't compare yourself necessarily to any other patient because if you're maintaining or even just slowing your progression, that's progress. And it can be hard for patients to accept. And of course, that's where be, you know, a nurse who is also a friend of patients can listen to kind of that kind of grief sometimes, as well as the victories too. Yeah. Uh, And losing your abilities, your, you know, lifestyle, 
it's kind of like grieving. When you when someone passes away, you go through this grieving stages where you're in denial, you know, you're angry, so forth. And same thing happens when you're not getting what you had, you know, and you start thinking about it and then you start thinking about your past and how you could have fixed it or what. But it's, sometimes it's not it's not you. It's just your body genetically programmed this way and now with the technology, modern technology, medical technologies, we're trying to figure out new ways to kind of help help our body, you know, stop doing what it's doing or need to go back in regular function. Um, of course, I mean, with this new age, new scientific um, methods that are coming out with this whole COVID, for example, vaccines developed in such a fast amount of time. Um, these are all, you know, science and research, you know, we just got to do our best to kind of follow up with these and do whatever we can um, and give it, have some faith in it and not blame yourself because all you're doing is putting pressure on your body, making your more depression, more uh, discomfort, rather think positive, positive energy. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You always got to, I tell my patients, got to have positive energy. Bring that positive energy. You don't want that negative energy around you um, or, or in you. I and, and you know what? I see patients and I see them and say, hey, Neurali, positive thinking. We're going to get through this infusion. It's going to go well. I'm not going to have any issues. We're going to do this. That's how it's, That's how we start off. And that's how I want everyone to think, like, let's do this. This is for my benefit. We're going to we're going to make this happen. It's going to help. It's going to help. I'm going to I'm going to use this. I'm going to use my positive energy to rebuild my body. And and absolutely. And I know myself being an IG patient, I, I am still an athlete. I am a very different athlete than I was previously. And I'm OK with that because I still get to do really amazing things. But I had to also get to go through that place of grief and get to that place of acceptance of, oh, now I just going to I still can do things. I just do them differently. But I'm just having a really great time in my life, even though it's completely changed from what it was. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, it, it, it's, it's a hard process. It's, and anything that changes out of the norm is a hard, hard process. Um, and many of the time, you know, um, we kind of become dependent on things where we're not thinking out of the box. We're not thinking, OK, we have this ability. We should be thankful, you know, but how can we improve or help others? And you're doing that. You're helping others after, you know, you realize yourself how to handle this disease process. So those are kind of things you always have to be you know, grateful for and, you know, be happy about you know it's different it's a different way to live when you're diagnosed with a chronic illness and one of the great things i have and you know an ivig virtual group going on and they really encourage each other and you know if they have a they could they just give each other encouragement and if they have a tough infusion you know they kind of just lift each other up and it's it's I really just sit back and listen and it's a yeah. great it, it's great to have them interact and be able to give each other encouragement and that's something to you know keep in touch with your nurses and I've got patients of amazing family and friends and they said but it's really great to be able to talk to other patients because even though I have an amazing support system they just don't get this part yes yes um, for family they don't you know they're not in 
they're there. They know how the patient is, but inside what the patient's feeling, no one can express it except for the person that actually has something similar going on in their life and their health. Um, uh, for example, I have this um, patient, renowned hand surgeon. He's an, he's an old gentleman, but he tells me his stories about his surgery days and um, and how he used to treat all these people and stuff. He, he is in so much denial and grieving that he's not able to do what he enjoyed doing. He's not even able to keep his hands steady because of the tremors, um, his gait, imbalanced gait. But at one point, he was even thinking about stopping IVIG. Uh, we discussed it, you know, said, okay. He went, talked to his doctor, and this is at a, one of the infusion centers. And the doctor, after he came back out from his doctor's office, he goes, we're going to resume the IVIG, and this time I'm going to put more positive energy, like you said. And, <laughs> and every time I see him, he has a smile, and he goes, Today I did some. I did my bike yesterday. You know, I, I feel better, and I'm gonna keep doing it. And it, it's just what you bring in. You know, is what you're gonna put out. Um, so more positive energy you're gonna bring in. More positive energy you're gonna put out, and that's gonna be good for you, your family, uh, your friends. You know, your work environment, and then that's gonna motivate you. Like for this guy, he's doing bicycling. Even though he's in his late 80s, he's he's trying to his best to bicycle. Um, gardening helps, you know. Now he's okay. He's like, okay, now he's accepting that. Okay, I might not be a renowned hand surgeon anymore, but I am biking. I'm with my family. I'm gardening. I'm me. I'm retired. I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna get my body to be the best I can. And that's really great. And I and I remind some of my patients that are older who have this idea that they should do these things. And it's like, is that what you did when you were 30? <laughs> and so I'm like, you're older and you're doing these amazing things exercise wise and movement that the healthiest of people that are in their senior years aren't doing. Yeah, so, I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes we forget. Sometimes patients can also be overachievers, but they don't notice how well they're doing. And yeah. I will sometimes simply point out and they're like, oh, Oh, and and sometimes an outside observer is the best gauge of how well people are doing. So, uh, yeah, and um, actually, he's kind of challenged me to go on a bike and do bicycling too. So, <laughs> um, I, I I do take my kids bicycling now and then, um, and I think about him because it's not the patient always thinking about the nurse. The nurse also thinks about the patient and how he has said, hey do this, it'll help, you know, and uh, I did get a bicycle and we're doing bicycling on and off. Now too. So, so he encouraged me. So you could encourage your nurse too. <laughs> for certain and that's, that's, that's actually really important to say because pe patients sometimes think they don't have an effect on the people who care for them medically and they ab absolutely, they do. Yeah. All, all my patients have a special place in my heart. Um, and I always wish the best for them. And I, you know, I hope for everyone to be healthy and, you know, be happy. Um, and this uh, life is a short journey. So we want to live it the best we can with happiness and, you know, support from 
everyone around us. So when patients show up to you, do they even know what IVIG is? Has their doctor told them what the medication is? Or do they just it's like, okay, I'm doing an infusion. Do they do the majority of patients know what IVIG is, what the side effects are, what it's supposed to do for them, how long they're supposed to be on this treatment? Like, are they given good education about what the prescription is and like prognosis and length of time? Do you help patients with that or do you refer them somewhere to read information or what well, do you, how do you help that with that? When I see them, I go through and explain to them like the basic terms as best as I can, so, like the lock in the key theory that I, mm -hmm. that I, you know, um, that I kind of told you about. Um, but after the doctor goes to the pharmacy, the pharmacists are they're they're like the middle person also, and they kind of say, okay, we're going to send you the medication. It's going to fit this many hours, so forth, so forth. Um, but I think when it gets to the nitty gritty part, I think that's where the nurses kind of go and say, okay, the process of how this works is this is derived from a plasma, which contains a lot of antibodies. And they're like, oh, well, what's an antibody? And like, then you have to go more, break it down into the lock and key system of the body, kind of layman terms. Say, well, once these antibodies are introduced into your blood, we don't know which one, but one of those keys will fit one of those locks and whatever is causing this discomfort, muscle weakness, uh, muscle, uh, nerve breakdown is going to stop or is going to reduce it. And we have to keep flooding your system with these keys to make sure that those locks are remained closed or open or whatever it, it needs to do in your in your immune system or your antibody supposed to do it. And uh, I know um, with the majority of patients who are on IVIG, are you on it usually long term? Do patients show up to you knowing that this infusion is probably going to be a long term medication for them? Something they're going to have to do? I mean, it, it's variable, but it's it's not one of those things if, in infusion where you do it once a year, and you you know. Yeah, it, it varies upon um, patients when they feel the symptoms. For example, I had a patient who was started off every four weeks, but he said towards the third week, he started to feel weakness and you know his muscles were like more cramped. Um, so then they switched his treatment plan to every three weeks because mm -hmm. that's when his body says, okay, it's time for you to uh, juice me up again. So the patients, patient sometimes knows that, okay, it's time for me to get this treatment because I'm feeling the effects again. And the doctors will make the adjustments and say, okay, now instead of doing four weeks, we're going to do three weeks. It just depends on each individual. Um, as long as how long the treatment goes, there are prescriptions written for six months or six month treatments. There is ones for one year. And then there is one that automatically renews year after year and year, and people are just using it as a lifetime. Let's say you're in your 90s and you're like, okay, you know, I'm I'm done doing this treatment and it's it's not going to get me any better or, you know, or it's not going to do anything for me. The doctors reevaluate you and I would and if they I would suggest you get it reevaluated every year. 
you want to see what the progression from last year baseline, what your Ig level and your blood work was from previous levels versus now, um, and kind of keep track. You as a patient have to be in control of your own health as well. Don't rely on the medical professions only because they have so many other patients and they're good people. The doctors are good, nurses are good. We all try to help out, but they're, you know, it's not intentionally that they forget you. It's something you just say, hey, I want to make sure I get reevaluated. Is is this treatment the way to go? Do I need more dosage? Maybe the dosage amount that is written for me because of my weight is not correct. Maybe I need more. And those are some things the doctor and you can agree on. Maybe you'll need less. Maybe say, hey, you know what? Instead of 40 grams, let's do 30 grams. And also, I know patients don't know how long the treatment is, what other options they have. So IVHE can be done through a peripheral IV where they put a uh, needle in your vein, or okay. you could get it done through the subcutaneous lever, which is the fat on your body, which you do it at your at your by yourself, or you can you know the nurse will train you once or twice or however many times needed. Uh, but this is more for like doing it independently, you know, while you're watching TV, you don't want to be you know stuck on stuck with the nurse for nine hours, eight hours, six hours, whatever time frame you have set for the infusion. Um, if you're on the go type of person and you're traveling, sub-Q IG is something that you should also talk to your doctor about. Um, I know they, they don't always mention that, but that that is some options that you do have. With the sub-Q, you kind of you know inject your fatty layers and you have the little pump with you. Um, and then you could walk around and you know do whatever or if you're you know watching tv or at your bedtime or something just laying in bed something on your timing the uh, process is almost similar with less actually less side effects however um getting it through the iv through your veins i feel and actually have a patient who moved from sub-q to iv has resulted in better results than getting it through the sub-q uh, from my opinion and from what I've seen with the patient, of course, the books have this where it says it's the same treatment process. And then if you're afraid of needles, I probably want to not go with the sub-Q because you're going to get like eight needles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to secure in and um, I'd rather go with the one-shot IV. And you could always request um, your doctor to write your prescription for like lidocaine, topical lidocaine, kind of numb the area before uh, getting an IV inserted, or even if you do sub-Q, you could also get lidocaine for that too. When we think about patients, and this can be some time, you know, six months, a year, or longer duration of having to infuse, what are some of the reasons patients discontinue their IVIG treatment? So some of the reasons a patient discontinues is because uh, they're impatient. They want to, they want instant results. And like uh, one of the patients I mentioned earlier wanted instant result and you know decided not to continue. Other reasons are they they feel like it's interfering with their lifestyle. Like whether it's a you know four hour infusion, whether it's a nine hour infusion, it, it's taking up your day, your time, and you know I, we we know you guys want to be out and about and um, be with your families or do a. You, do your chores or whatever you guys need to do. Third reason is this, 
my the side effects. Some people are like, no, this is the headache is just too much for me, or pain from the IV in the arm is I can't deal with it. I don't want any more needle sticks. Or some people actually have concerns where they're like, well, I really don't want the nurse to come over because of the COVID. I'd rather not get COVID and be safe by not having anyone come to my house. Um, and those are some of the concerns that patients have shown where they kind of stop wanting to do infusions. I know with patients I've spoken to, the most common reason they want to discontinue is that it's just time consuming and it feels never ending. And as you said, they want to get back out in life. But as you had talked about that one patient who discontinued and would get worse, when people talk about being on infusions long-term, people don't really understand that process. And because a lot of these diseases are ones that people haven't heard of, it's really great for you to be able to have explained that so people just in general can have more knowledge. You know, family members, support people, friends, anyone they even know who's on an immune globulin product, it's Thank you just for explaining that because it's yeah. it's confusing. It is. It is. I mean, um, you know, basic medication like here, take this. You're going to. OK, well, no one tells them that they're going to be peeing all the time. So right. a little bit, a little bit of um, education, a little bit of support, a little bit of comfort um, goes a long way. Um, and, you know, as a team of nurses, pharmacy, doctors, you know, we're 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 here to help you guys um, and feel better. And then remember, yeah, all your questions are smart questions. There's no such thing as dumb questions. You've probably heard this throughout grade school and stuff. Right. There's no dumb question. And it's the same thing here in the medical profession too. You know, we don't, we all don't know all the question answers and questions. So it's ask ask one person will know if it's not the first person the second person will know so don't give up on your question if you're if you still have that question lingering around call someone find out get the get that question answered because this is all about you i know a lot of people they think ivig takes away a lot of their time but just remember you know investment in a little bit of time can can be very much beneficial for later on um so just enjoy your infusions, watch some Netflix, you know, <laughs> catch up on those shows, relax, take a nap. Uh, you know, we're, we're here as nurses to monitor you and take care of you and um, and never feel like you're troubling the nurses for anything. Call them, talk to them, you know, stay in the loop. And, you know, as a team, we could do our best to make you guys feel better and uh, comfortable doing infusions. Uh, in my own personal note, I wish I knew about IVIG so I could have introduced it to my mother. Uh, unfortunately, she's no longer with us, but I would have definitely tried IVIG on her. And I think it would have made a lot of difference and she would probably still be here if we would have done that. Mm -hmm.